It was a rusty first half, but the second half looked a little bit more like the Bucks. We enjoy watching. They beat the Nets 110-99, to and they remain undefeated on the season. And there's only one thing we like better than a stock standard Bucks win. It's a stock standard Bucks win when Giannis goes absolutely ballistic. So we're going to talk about Giannis. We're going to talk about crazy coaches trying to uh, get to the official with four men holding them back. Uh, it was an entertaining <laughs> game at Fiserv Forum. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for this post-game show. And we thank you for making it your first watch or first listen of every day. Uh, I've been on the subscription drive for YouTube, but I'm going to keep it rolling. Hit subscribe if you haven't. I just put a little clip up on Twitter and someone said, you know what, your Australian accent sounds even thicker when I can see your face, which tells me that that person that tweeted that isn't subscribed to YouTube. So get on YouTube, hit subscribe, uh, hit subscribe uh, and support us here because we have a bit of fun. Uh, Frank's still in the old house. Excellent lighting though tonight. Beautiful lighting right now that he's got that you will be able to see on YouTube soon. He's moving to a new house. Uh, continue to send the congratulations through. Uh, but the Bucks are 3-0, and Frank. And I said it right at the top. We love it when the Bucks win, but we love it even more when they win and Giannis goes nuts. At halftime, I was sitting back and thinking, this is a pretty painful experience watching this game. The Bucks were 34% from the field. They were 17% or even worse than that, I think, from three. It was awful. And then it felt like Giannis said, you know what? Enough of this. I've had enough. I'm just going to destroy every member of the Brooklyn Nets on defense, score 30-plus points in the second half, and we're going to win this game. And that's the most enjoyable version of Bucks basketball. Yeah, I mean, uh, we saw kind of the first half uh, before, right? The last preseason game hmm. similarly felt very slog-like uh, between, well, especially for the Bucks, and that's won that game. And Giannis, we remember, you know, played into the fourth quarter pretty late for a preseason game, in part because I think he was just frustrated and trying to get his bearings. And tonight, the first half kind of felt like a redux of that. Felt like Giannis was settling for jump shots. Felt like he didn't wasn't really attacking and, and making the defense feel him like he is when he's at his best. And, uh, you know, I, I, I went back and looked at the play-by-play because – I started, I started, I, I remember he was five out of 14 at one point. And I was like counting as he continued to make shot after shot after shot. I knew he made, he's finished 16 at 25. So that tells you he made his last 11 shots. And I went back to the play-by-play. It looks like he made his last 12 shots in this game. So basically over the last, I think, 21 minutes of gameplay, he was 12 out of 12 from the field. And, uh, you know, if we, were, if we were concerned that that 17 to 21 the other night, right? It's like, oh, like he can't do that every night. And, Yes, in the first half, he did not, right? Did not look very sharp. 
uh, Bucks just kind of just felt like they were in mud. Kind of felt like everybody had four days off. (laughs) Yeah, it it felt like it, right? It felt like they were kind of like rusty. It felt like they were sort of waiting for somebody else to make a play. And it was like, guys, there's no Chris Middleton. You know, it's Drew and Giannis. Felt like Drew was having to force shots. Uh, Another poor shooting night for him. He's obviously the first game. He was really poor tonight. I think five out of 18 shooting and just some of the turnovers too. Like I thought this was a really bad Drew Holiday game. I didn't think he was even that good. I didn't think he was good defensively either. I mean, Kyrie lost him repeatedly. Felt like he was having a hard time going over screens. And honestly, felt like they got better defensively when George Hill switched on to Kyrie kind of early in the fourth quarter after Kyrie had gone on a bit of a run. And again, it's not like, you know, George Hill's like shutting down Kyrie one-on-one or something like that. I think, um, you know, the Nets may went away from him a little bit more than they should have, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was not a great true holiday game and, you know, Bobby Portis, let's give a shout out to Bobby. Bobby basically was the, the lifeline in the first half. He was seemed like the only guy that was really making shots and, and putting pressure on the Nets defensively. Uh, he finished eight out of 14 from the field, 20 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, and they needed it two steals, two blocks. You know, he gave a little bit on both ends. And they really needed it because that first half, you know, they go down, they, they were leading, I think, 34-33 at one point. I know they were up 27-20 at one point. You know, it, was, it was one of these games, right? Like the Nets couldn't hit any shots, but the Bucs didn't really seem like – it was almost like, oh, okay, the Nets suck tonight, so we'll suck tonight too. And both teams just kind of stuck in the mud for long stretches. And then late in the second quarter, the Nets were like, oh, wait a minute, we're really talented. <laughs> and we can, we can start scoring some points in the Bucs didn't really seem to get get unstuck aside from Bobby. So kudos to first half Bobby Portis giving some energy. And then second half, all Giannis all the time, as you mentioned, I mean, 34 points. I mean, we'll have to double. I was, I was bemoaning for the podcast. I was trying to go do a, some research on how many 30 point halves he's had. He's had a number of them, um, but I, I don't know that he's, I'd have to double check. I don't know that he's ever scored more than 34 and a half. And that was just um, an absolute demolition uh, of a Nets team that, as we've seen, I mean, the Nets under Steve Nash have had some weirdly good stretches defensively against the Bucs, even though they have generally not been a good defensive team. They were the only team that really <laughs> gave the Bucs any defensive problems in the 21 championship run. And for the first half, you know, Bucks scored 25 in the first quarter, 18 in the second quarter, 43 points in the half. They're down 10 and a half. It's like, oh, you know, and yeah, I think Giannis, what was he, plus minus 16 or something in the first half. So it wasn't like they were just getting killed with Giannis off the floor. But fortunately, third and fourth quarters, totally different story. They outscore them 67 to 44. And yeah, just the Giannis show again, 43 points, 14 rebounds, five assists, a steal, three blocks. Did have seven turnovers. I thought the Nets, again, showed bodies and got Giannis to, to be a little more careless with the ball than you'd want. But Again, you know, let's just say it again for the second straight podcast. This was uh, another one of those nights where you just say, I, I appreciate just being able to watch Giannis Adetokounmpo play basketball night in and night out because he just does stuff that that we don't expect to see. And I think, you know, this was obviously a, a better test of of him than I think against the Rockets. And I had to play 38 minutes tonight, a little, little more extended action than what we saw on Saturday where he put up 44 in 27 minutes. Uh, tonight has to play 38 minutes, probably more than Bud would have liked to play him. But uh, I thought, again, he was tremendous and they got just enough 
offensively from other guys. And I thought overall defense was again, part of the, a big part of the story. You hold the nets to 99 points. You know, you'll take that every day and Brooke Lopez six blocks again tonight. He's just, his rim protection just continues to be incredible. And uh, again, just doing enough from some of these other guys. And I thought there were just a couple stretches where, you know, I think it was 83, 83. And was it, was it Wara that hit a three, I think maybe to give the Bucks mm-hmm. an 86, 83 mm-hmm. lead. And I think both teams and like didn't score for like three minutes. And it felt like if anybody, it felt like whoever was going to get the next basket was going to be like in the driver's seat, you know, like it was just felt like the game was kind of there for somebody to take. And the Nets just came up empty after empty trip after empty trip. Uh, Brooke had a couple of the great defensive plays, including that one awesome block where he got Kyrie and then caught it and Kyrie fouled him. And then um, I think it was Giannis then scored. I think Giannis scored four straight to make it 90-83. And from there on out, you know, Giannis got a rest, but really the Nets weren't able to take advantage. And, you know, say what you will about the Nets. They're one and three now, but they're a very talented team. They were missing, you know, some some guys as well. But for the most part, uh, give the Bucks credit. They didn't have their A game tonight offensively, but they were able to grind through it in large part thanks to the best player on earth. And you move to three and zero to keep banking those wins, baby. Yeah, we can talk more about the way Giannis scored. I also want to talk about the officiating a little bit. Brooklyn Nets trying to break an all-time record for technical fouls in one game, uh, <laughs> and then we can talk about the rotation a little bit. You kind of hinted to it. Uh, the guy that I've been uh, the, the George Hill defender here on Locked On Bucks. A uh, good night if you're a George Hill defender for sure. So we can get into that a little bit more as well. But I want to talk about prize picks because I don't know. I actually don't know what the points projection was for Giannis tonight at prize picks, but I think he probably came in over it and he probably did against Houston a couple of nights ago as well. So if you aren't aware what prize picks is, uh, it works this way. You pick two to five players and if they will go, uh, if they do score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections that are available at prizepicks.com. Uh, there's NBA, but there's also NFL, ML, MLB, NHL, PGA, golf, and uh, pretty much any sport you can think of. You can make your entry in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe and fast to use and currently operational in over 30 states and also the home of Steve Nash, Canada. So download the PrizePix <laughs> app or go to prizepicks.com and sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. And if you so, uh, that's pretty simple, but I'll walk you through it. If you deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, they'll give you 50. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on at sign up for that instant deposit, deposit, uh, instant deposit match after $100. I'm so excited. Prizepicks.com. Uh, also, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast once you're done with Locked On Bucks, of course. For the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard. And behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Uh, Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, having a bit of trouble speaking at the moment, Frank, but uh, Steve Nash was having no trouble speaking. Uh, you're just throwing stuff around. You're acting like an everyday Steve Nash at the moment in your household. But anyway, uh, Nash went berserk. And do you know what I love about Steve Nash going crazy in this instance? First of all, it was a flop from my great mate, Patty Mills, 
so that's fine. So to get yourself kicked out <laughs> over a flop is funny. Uh, secondly, I, d- I love coach ejections. So I love it when people need to get fake held back. There's nothing better in sports. But the thing that I love about Steve Nash, first of all, he's Canadian. So it's like everyone assumes that he's nice. No one's threatened by Steve Nash while he's doing this. But he did it twice. He went crazy on the on the no call. Then he was like, me? What did I do? I didn't do anything. And then the official, official obviously was like having none of it, gave him the tech. So he just completely snapped again. And then after he had four people holding him back, he was like, what did I do? I didn't do anything here. His eyes were nearly popping out of his skull. Uh, this was a great performance from Steve Nash. And there's a lot of theories out there that he was trying to spark the team. I believe they were leading when he got ejected and uh, things didn't go well from there on. But just a great display. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, um, I, I don't, you know, Nash is one of those interesting coaches, right? Because as, as we said, like the, the Nets have, have given the Bucks some problems with their defense. But then, you know, I think a lot of people probably saw the stats against the Nets in the regular season over the last couple of years. You know, Giannis was like averaging 36 points a game and was five and one uh, in that span. And obviously they had the playoff series that the Bucks ultimately emerged from. Um, so it, it is kind of weird because like I still associate the Nets with like, oh, they they're kind of frisky against Giannis. Like they can, they, they kind of give him some trouble. And then you look at the numbers and you're just like, yeah, no, nah, he just torches them. And <laughs> I think we saw tonight, like they, even if they have some answers, some of the time, um, this is why Giannis is, is who he is. He's able to problem solve and uh, the Bucks kind of change things up a little bit, move guys around, give Giannis maybe the ball, put him into, you know, chances where he can go downhill. And uh, you know, I think again, just, it, it's just so hard to stay with this dude for 48 minutes and the punishment that, that he's able to dole out. And, um, you know, it it was, it was funny. It felt like there were a number of occasions where Giannis got Kyrie switched onto him. And it's just that thing. Like Giannis, I feel like is way more comfortable with uh, a big man on him than one of these little guys. And like uh, the few times, like he had Kyrie on him and he kind of like, was like, "Eh." and he actually like basically, basically got, got Kyrie off of him again. And it just felt like even if you think he's you know, uncomfortable Simmons, dribbling, I think I don't think he knows what to. I don't. I think he. Yeah. I think he's worried about attacking them because mm-hmm. hey, they're they're quick, right? So it's harder to like angle around them, and then little guys are just more likely to flop anyway, right? Like I think that's, that's something true. that Giannis loves about playing against big guys who are like too proud and also got like like Joel, right? Joel and B like defends Giannis pretty well, but I think Giannis and kind of loves going up against like an Embiid or a Gobert because he knows he can kind of lower the shoulder. And those guys like don't really want to flop. Like they're not trying to be out there taking charges against him. Mm-hmm. So he can play really physically against them. And I think he really enjoys that versus again, like a little guy who, you know, it's just like backing him down, you know, again, like unless he, Giannis is putting you under the rim, it's not like he wants to just shoot like 10 foot hook shots all day long. Um, so, it, you know, as much as Claxton had a, 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 some, some decent possessions, you know, we saw like Giannis when he had the ball against Claxton, like he really attacked him a lot of times going to his right and got to the rim just like repeatedly. Cause again, it's just hard for a big dude in space to keep up with Giannis and, and just his quickness. So, um, you know, it, uh, uh, it was just, again, just kind of a clinic to watch from Giannis and, uh, you know, I think just underscores what makes him great. Right. I mean, doesn't have a good first half team is down 10, uh, especially no Chris Middleton. Like, you know, you, you can't just, you can't just kind of go into a shell, right? You can't just 
turtle like Ben Simmons and just say like, Oh, I'm just going to dribble up and pass and have somebody else do stuff. Like Giannis, you got to be the spark. And, you know, we saw it from the outset of the third quarter, like you really tried to be that spark. And, you know, there was one bad three point shot he attempted at the, at the start of the third quarter. Uh, but as we said, then he just sort of started to get rolling, started to get into the foul line uh, and hits his last 12 shots and, you know, started to mix in, hit a three, uh, catch and shoot three early in the fourth. Um, hit, I think, a couple of uh, kind of mid-range shots as well. So it felt like he started going inside out uh, in the second half versus in the first half. Felt like he was just maybe settling for that that pull-up jump shot, kind of the mid-ranger, a little bit early. And when it wasn't there, obviously, I think, you you know, it's like it's also just painful watching these broadcasts. Yeah, it's just so predictable. <laughs> Anytime Giannis misses a jump shot, like, oh, they want him to take that. It's like, well, no shit, they want him to take that, right? But, you know this is part of him evolving as a player and, you know, not just kind of having to use himself as a human battering ram the entire time, but, uh, you know, credit to him, right. He, he found the balance in the second half and, you know, started to really beat them up at the basket, but then also, you know, was able to hit a couple jump shots and even drew a foul on that, that kind of pet, uh, post post turnaround. Lucky because he kept the 12 for 12 streak alive because I think that, that might have been Nelly's last shot for the game. I believe it was late in the game anyway uh, on the turnaround. And we saw a couple of those uh, calls on the, the landing space stuff. Um, you know, like the Kevin Durant one at the start of the game, I think I put in our DM. It's it's tough. Like, I get it. On Bobby, well, no, on Bobby Portis. Yeah, and, and Bobby, that, and Bobby yeah. clearly like did turn his ankle. Like, I understand it and, and it makes sense. It's just really tough. And by the way, imagine if you had size 73 feet. Like, trying to keep your feet out of the way is, has to be a pretty difficult task as well. But anyway, we'll take the flagrant while it's there. And uh, as you pointed to, you know, they needed those points uh, there in the first half. Jeff Van Gundy said it on the broadcast, so I'm not claiming this to be my own take, but I was certainly thinking it at the time. He spoke about Giannis playing a little bit closer to the basket, potentially. But we did see tonight... When we talk about teams, if they're walling off Giannis or they're playing off Giannis and giving him that jump shot, the ability for Giannis to just get so deep and near the restricted area almost, and the Brooklyn Nets defenders, whether it was Ben Simmons, it was O'Neal a couple of times, were almost like, okay, we know we need to backpedal because if not, he's going to go straight past us. And before they knew it, they were under the basket and you're just not going to stop Giannis at that point. So I thought it was interesting the way they even... Uh, you know, we're trying to defend him and maybe they just don't have the guys. Let's be honest, not many teams do. Uh, but uh, Giannis takeover uh, is always fun. I mentioned George Hill uh, at the top of the show. So he ended up playing 29 minutes tonight in this one off the bench. He played more minutes than anyone uh, in a reserve role. Uh, Javon Carter only had the 15 minutes tonight. I was curious on yesterday's show with Camille yeah, wondering what the Bucks would do with the lineup. I figured they would try and play Wesley Matthews a little bit more. Wes ended up picking up a bunch of fouls through the night, which isn't all that surprising if your primary task uh, is defending Kevin Durant. But I thought, again, George Hill moved well. He looks like a guy that – he just looks spry. But he just looks like a guy that wasn't able to do things last year. Uh, look, I'll, I'll continue to call out the silliness because we don't have to. We don't have to hate one of our own every single night, Frank. And I, I saw some tweets about it's a miracle George Hill is playing good basketball. It's like, yeah, no shit, he doesn't have a broken neck anymore. Like <laughs> uh, I've said this before, George Hill might be, you know, uh, over the George Hill, uh, so to speak. He, he might be, you know, really <laughs> about to fall off a cliff. Like he's old. We get it, but 
you know, the, this idea that it's some miracle or one of the biggest shocks on earth that he's playing pretty decent basketball to start the season is just uh, it's just ridiculous to me. He's, he said that he's feeling healthy. So, yeah, he's, he's been a pretty con- reliable contributor in his time uh, with the Bucks outside of last year where he looked like a shell of himself. So, uh, look, we don't always have to. There doesn't always have to be a villain tonight. I saw Grayson Allen was a villain. We don't have to hate our own friends. Yeah, and and honestly, like this is this is why also just banking these wins is nice because you know, I mean, Drew. If if Drew had this kind of if, if Chris Middleton had the kind of game Drew Holiday had tonight, with you know, just oh, he'd be getting torched. Five, five, five turnovers, five out of eighteen, uh, and again, like Drew's defensive floor is extremely high. So you know, and and. Th- there's there was no easy matchups for him tonight with both KD and and Kyrie on the floor. So let's not act like you know Drew's like was bad defensively, but yeah. not up to not close to kind of the the typical Drew Hill Drew Hill <laughs> Drew Holiday standards. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a big hill to climb. Yeah. Uh, so to to be able to claw a win when you know essentially two guys play well offensively between. Giannis and Bobby, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll gladly take that. This was not a uh, a work of art by any stretch offensively. I, I and it wasn't like again, it's not like they were. I mean, they missed a lot of open shots, but I also would say like th- they had some really stagnant sets where you know they were kind of like Drew, especially was getting spots where he's having to like put up you know really difficult shots. And when when Giannis went to the bench in the fourth quarter, I remember thinking to myself, I think I think it was ninety to eighty three when Giannis went to the bench, if I recall correctly. And I remember just thinking like, all right we need Drew to like make one shot, <laughs> like make one shot during this period. And he hit uh, one of his patented step back threes, which was very timely because again, like just the way he'd been shooting the ball, obviously had, had been pretty rough. So, um, so yeah, this was, you know, like Philly offensively, it was a bit of a slog. Big difference tonight, obviously, is that you had Giannis being incredible um, to, to raise the floor of, of the overall offense pretty significantly, but uh, you know, you look at the numbers, um, you know, we'll, we need to talk about opponent three point shooting every night, given that's been a recurring storyline, pretty much nothing between these two teams, as far as like shooting luck goes, you know, bucks were 28% from three, <laughs> 10 out of 36, the nets nice. were seven out of 27, 26%. So, I mean, both teams shot really poorly. It's not like one was team was luckier than the other bucks also had 18 turnovers. So pretty sloppy there. Um, but Bucks 14 offensive rebounds to the net seven, that obviously helps kind of erase some of that turnover, um, you know, the turnover problems as far as giving you some extra possessions back. Um, and again, you know, you look at the Bucks in terms of uh, the three point numbers um, last year, almost 41 opponent threes per game allowed uh, this year, I believe they're at uh, 20, nine threes allowed per game. So through three games, you know, this is the second time now in three games that they've allowed 27 or fewer, 24 on opening night. Uh, what would have been, would have been the lowest number of threes they allowed in the entirety of last season. And tonight, 27, I think, I think the lowest three point attempt allowed numbered last year was 26. And tonight they only allowed 27 and I think we saw some of the trade-offs at times, you know, like when Kyrie had, I think 11 straight points for the Nets, it was pretty much, you know, two on two. And 
there was no help being sent <laughs> and it was pretty much just Kyrie's going to get a shot and you hope he misses. Um, but that that's the flip side, right? We, we've talked about that in the past, how the downside of the help is that maybe you are giving the star players more of a chance to, to work one-on-one or two-on-two in pick and roll. And, you know, by staying home, you are, again, putting, putting guys on an island a little bit more uh, and, and maybe exposing them. But again, the flip side is seven out of 27, you know, you'll take that opponent three point number any game. And ultimately the only thing that really matters is, you know, what the opponent does in terms of total points scored and them to 99 um, is great. And uh, I'll, I'll double check here. Obviously it is very early, uh, very early going here in the season, but in terms of, you know, the, um, in terms of defensive rating, you know, Bucks well ahead of the pack in terms of defensive rating. They're at 98.3 defensive rating. Cleveland second at 102. So, uh, you know, it's it's too early to say that, like, the Bucks are back to being the top defense in the league or, you know, everything's perfect now, whatever. But Philly's got a lot of offensive weapons. And, again, maybe you had some three-point shooting luck for sure. But uh, they were great defensively in game one. They were really good defensively again in this tonight. And even against Houston, you know, Houston made some threes, but I thought overall they, they defended pretty well and they didn't allow like 45 or 53 as they were still below 40 in that game too, even with um, some of the guys there that can just shoot off the dribble. So, uh, so yeah, just, you know, we're, we're trying not to be greedy here early in the season with the team dealing with some injuries and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I won't complain about pretty much any win, uh, but in a game like this, even with the offense going through some, some tough patches, uh, you know, I think with this team, like the thing we, I think all wanted to see was, could they be a consistently great defense during the regular season and especially doing, trying to philosophically do it a little bit different way than they have in the past to start to see some early season results. Obviously there'll be stretches where the opponents shoot better from three and you have some bad luck in that regard. Those things tend to even out over the course of a long season, but very encouraging start to the year. And, um, you know, even with, with some of the injuries and lack of depth at the, on the wing. So, uh, yeah, no complaints whatsoever. And now obviously the calendar gets a little more congested. So come away three games, three wins to start is, uh, is big. And now you just hope that you can kind of continue to keep it rolling, especially at home where you've got very winnable games coming up. You spoke about a stat that flashed up on the screen as you were watching the game. There was one for me, which had the Nets. I was nearing halftime, and they were 6 for 11 from three, and I think this was after Royce O'Neal knocked down a couple. And I thought to myself, oh, the attempts is interesting. That's very low. The makes is a little bit unfortunate, though. If they're going to continue to hit 50%, the Bucks were going to find themselves in trouble because they couldn't hit one. Uh, we've referenced the numbers with Bobby, but just to really put it in perspective, at halftime... Bobby was 6 for 11 from the field with 16 points. The rest of the team was 11 for 38 with 27 points. And then from the three-point line, Bobby was 3 for 6. The rest of the team was 1 for 16. So, yeah, he kept them afloat in the first half. They were down 12. Bobby had 16 at halftime. But just defensively, the big question for me, and we discussed it a little bit, if you're going to have those three-point attempts so low, oddly enough, the Nets have been a team that haven't shot a lot of threes you know, historically, even last season, which is just strange. I know they didn't have Joe Harris for the team uh, for most of the time. There was no Seth Curry tonight, and that'll bump up. And um, they should probably just play Patty Mills, just play him the full 48 as well. Uh, but 
you know, the, the question was, well, are you going to get more fouls on Brook Lopez? Are you going to have more fouls on Giannis? Are the points in the paint going to go right up? But they only had 42 tonight and uh, they were below 50% in the paint. And, you know, Brook Lopez is just, as you put, you pointed to at the start of the podcast, but he has just been an absolute monster uh, to this point in time. Uh, six blocks again tonight. So it's nice having Brook Lopez uh, in this lineup, the Knickerbockers up next Friday night, I believe. The Bucks are at home for a while here. So uh, they got the Knicks on Friday nights. And look, we looked at this at the start. This time last week, we were discussing it. Okay, Philadelphia on the road. You got Brooklyn game three. Maybe we were a little pessimistic, but with the guys out of the lineup, we certainly wouldn't have uh, thrown out the possibility of the Bucks being uh, one and two. So... Uh, yeah, we'll take three and oh, and I know I jinxed this last time we were on the podcast, but the Blazers are down 15 through three quarters. So the Bucks might be the last <laughs> remaining undefeated team in the National Basketball Association. We'll take it. Yeah, that that would be that would be living the dream, obviously. That that's all we ever wanted to start the season was to be the last team to be to be undefeated. I mean, I, I thought they were gonna lose an on opening night, right? That so Realist, yeah, sad sack, skeptic Frank, right? Um, was was not it's holding. Just a couple it. of grumpy old depressed men. We need to take a long, hard look at ourselves. Believe in Giannis. Believe in Giannis. Well, I, it, it wasn't a lack of belief in Giannis. Let's be honest there. It's 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 not a, a Giannis true. question that that ever ever was uh was was coming to play there. But um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, just just to reiterate too. I mean, you, you mentioned the George Hill stuff, but. Um, just happy for him, you know, after yeah. kind of the way last season ended. And you mentioned some of the numbers, eight points, four assists, one turnover, plus 12. Again, the, the plus minus king. Um, and, you know, George, Javon Carter had some foul trouble. Um, and probably the thing that annoyed me most about Javon Carter was he got it. Like Giannis passed him the ball twice on fast breaks. And he's so small that, like, if anybody's near him, he, like, can't just, like, go up and shoot a, you know, three-foot shot. And so he had to pass out of <laughs> Like two two potential Giannis assists, which was just kind of like, yeah, he's he's a very small small person. And um, th- there was also a play in the first half where it was like it was like a fifty fifty ball, and I like the Nets player like went went to ground for it, and Javon just kind of didn't. And I was like, man, dude, come on, get on the floor. But anyway, I'm, I'm not going to question Javon's effort. Um, that that I think is there night to night. But you know, right now. It, yeah, I mean, he didn't even take a three-pointer tonight. Um, but, uh, but you know, like you said, we, we don't have to root for one or the other. You obviously hope both guys play well. They both had really good preseasons. Javon has, has just had, I think, a slower start to, to the regular season. Um, but, again, I mean, he's starting. That's not a particularly, like, fair thing to expect him to, you know, be uh, uh, starting games and, and giving you a ton. Um, you know, I think overall he started on Kyrie. And, you know, other than that run that Kyrie had, uh, which a lot of that came against Drew uh, in like, I think it was late third, early fourth, you know, 27 points on 21 shots for Kyrie, 0 for 7 from 3, which probably some, maybe some less, some luck there. But, uh, you know, you could live, you can live with that, right? You can live with Kyrie going for 27, even KD going for 33, as long as you kind of contain, contain the other guys and, other than that random spurt of uh, of Royce O'Neal uh, going off from three, he, he ended up four of 13 from the field, by the way, 12 points on 13 shots. So felt like he couldn't miss in the first half. And then by the second half, you know, he airballed the three. It was, it was kind of looking, looking more like a t- typical 
uh, a typical Royce O'Neal shooting night. But um, I was actually the guy that I was really happy to not see in the second half until garbage time. Uh, Edmund Summer, um, he he actually like gave the Bucks some problems. He really kind of energized the Nets uh, in the in the first half a bit, and ended up with nine points in six minutes, uh, which was kind of funny because it's like I, he's been bouncing around. I think it was with the Pacers before, so it was just kind of random to see him like oh. Like Sumner is like he's he's on the nets now and he's actually like doing stuff. I was like, hmm, okay. So um but yeah, bottom line, just just keep banking those wins. Give Chris and Pat a little more time to to rest up. And I think Eric tweeted a video of uh of Chris at practice getting three pointers up. So hopefully uh he is continuing to feel better and make progress and Pat as well with his muscle injury. Um but Hopefully they can kind of continue to take advantage of the home schedule and um, keep banking wins and take take the pressure off. Again, I, even if the Bucks are zero and three, I don't think Chris Middleton would be feeling pressure to to come back. But um, always good to to just be racking up these early season wins, especially given you know a team like Philadelphia. If they lose tonight, they're now one and four. Let's just say also like not quite the same level of stability in Philadelphia as in Milwaukee. Uh, definitely a lot more anxiety and. Uh, chatter when the Sixers are struggling versus uh versus the Bucks but thankfully things things keep keep on keeping on in Milwaukee the Bucks are banking wins and uh we're banking podcast episodes Frank there's no doubt oh, about that what one, one other thing did you did you notice this at the beginning of the broadcast because I mean you had the ESPN broadcast right I assume yeah yeah um Jeff Van Gundy in the first in the first like quarter um I forget what it was like Ben Simmons. Like I remember when he drove at Giannis and Giannis like stripped him, kind of blocked him in transition. And Jeff Van Gunny was like, well, I, I, I like that though. I like the aggression, you know, it's, it's, it's what he needs to do. And then I think then when Simmons, he had that put back and got whistled for the technical. And then Van Gunny, I think was similar to saying like, like, it's like, but I like that. I like that. I like the aggression from him. And I'm just like, okay, Jeff, how much further is this like enjoyment of, non-productive aggression gonna go like if, if if ben simmons like you know pushes over a server at at, at half court you're gonna say you like that too like you know what what what, what, what why are we why do we have to just baby ben simmons like constantly um and and i get it you know it's, he's been out a long time there was the stuff last year the mental health stuff look i get it but at some point it's like the dude's playing really, really badly right now and I, I don't know right i mean i think it's I, I would assume it's a matter of time before he starts to improve. But on the flip side, I, part of me just sort of wonders, like, offensively, just, I mean, the lack of aggression uh, and looking for a shot, you know, he's on a team where he can get away with some of that. But it, it really is like he looked at Draymond and was like, oh, people like Draymond, and he just, like, doesn't really shoot. Okay, now I just won't, I just won't use my, athletic, <laughs> my athleticism and uh, an ability to score on the basket at all anymore. And just he just looks – pretty lost offensively at the moment, even though, you know, he continues to rack up some assist numbers, but um, really not great look for Ben Simmons right now. And uh, you know, Giannis uh, and, and Simmons had some good possessions against Giannis too, right? Especially in the first half, we should point out. Uh, but by the fourth quarter, Giannis was giving him the, uh, the too small, like a very extended too small uh, after Giannis finished in the paint. So um yeah, it, I literally like. I mean, I'm a I'm a grade A Ben Simmons hater, and like I was almost like feeling bad for Ben Simmons at one point. So 
uh, let's just, I guess we'll, we'll see kind of how it goes. I think he's got headroom to obviously improve as the season goes on and the Nets need him to, but right now, you know, showing graphics of the, the Nets big three, including Ben Simmons. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's a bit of a stretch. He doesn't look healthy. He doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look confident. And he's playing like that at the moment. And if Jeff Van Gundy was doing anything, I think he was just sitting there and saying, how about we just say something even slightly positive about this man because he's getting roasted <laughs> left, right, and center. And you know me, and it's not just Ben Simmons. It's everyone. I don't feel totally comfortable with the with, when the pylon gets to this level just on a on a, on a human level. That's not I – don't, I don't really like that. So, yeah, it's a little bizarre. But also any type of slight positivity, um, I'm I'm fine with because it's clearly a struggle right now. There's no doubt about that. It's well, not a you, struggle. You you, t- you told me you you referred to Ben Simmons as a two and D player on Australia on oh. radio on the radio the other day, right? So that that was was that oh. a was, was that was that a compliment? <laughs> yeah, well, I can't call him a three and D player, but he's not quite. He hasn't quite got the two at the moment. But I'm hoping that the two comes back. <laughs> So, he's also not a he's also not a one and D player because he can't make free throws. So I don't no. know. I don't know. I don't know what he I don't know what number you put there. Zero and D. Uh it's it's pretty tough right now. If he doesn't have his athleticism, which it doesn't look like he has right now, um, he looks a bit sore at times, then yeah, he's not gonna be the same guy. So we'll see uh what happens over the next few months. But uh yeah, Twitter, Twitter had another uh field day tonight uh with that performance. But you can also have a field day with a locked on sports today podcast not just basketball anything else that's going on around the sporting world uh, every sports show I, I turn on is still talking about Aaron Rodgers they just cannot get enough of it at the moment maybe they'll talk about it on Locked On Sports today who knows but anyway check it out after you're done with Locked On Bucks we've still got one more podcast to go uh, this week uh, but we'll make some executive decisions whether we pod tomorrow whether we do a post game on the weekend Frank we'll put our heads together and come up uh, with a schedule for the next few days because it actually does get a little bit busy. So the Bucks are undefeated. They're 3-0. They beat the Nets 1-10-99. Uh, let's wrap it up. We'll speak to you guys next time we pod, probably tomorrow. Huh? Maybe we should be more decisive, but we'll see you next time.